Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are finishing the short story, Perfect State, reading the last four chapters. We read the first four last time, wherein Kai and Sophie fight a giant robot. That that cover art that we discussed last time finally makes some kind of sense. And uh, then the ending is kind of dark and weird. Uh, We'll get into it in a second. I'm Data, and with me is Jamie, Joe, and Dak. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. So yeah, we wrapped up another story by Brandon. What did you guys think of the end of this one? Yeah, so I mean, I, I liked the end. I think I was hoping for something a little grander. I don't know. I was like, got all evil villain of the ex-partner last time. I was like, Molly's Melly, this is going to be great. Was I a little disappointed? We did find out Melly's a girl, though. So maybe it's still Molly. You never know. But no, it was it was good. I, I enjoyed the relationship between Kai and Sophie, how it was sort of developing. And then I was like, oh, brutal at the end. He really, really liked her. And I feel just sad for him now. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I it's So it's like the, 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 the first half of their meeting or the first half of the, the story when they first meet and you're like this, they're not going to get along. And then you, we do the whole opposites attract sort of thing and getting into her. And then nope. Yeah. Yeah, I have just, and I think it's always the way after like a, such a short story as well. You're like, I have so many questions. How did Melly hack this? What actually happened? Did this all stem because he walked away from a fight? Like, was it really that bad that you now had to be like, ha, now your heart's broken. Bye. Like, right? Really? Is that what is that what stemmed this? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> it's like a bit much for not wanting to battle somebody. But then you're like, is anyone else really real? And then at the end when they were like, oh, yeah, who's who's in 10 jars either side of me? Let's see if I can meet them. And I was waiting for them to come back and be like, you're the only one in the jar, Kai. <laughs> obviously, he got a list of names and on he goes. So <laughs> always looking for a mystery right until the end. It is it is weird. The whole thing seems so petty when he's like, yeah, it's just I didn't fight him. And he, she got really upset about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it almost feels like a little bit of a waste for a short story. Like there's this such elaborate like idea that could go so many places. And I'm like, I really, I really want to know more about this place. Like it sounds, I mean, I guess it could be anything, any, any version of reality or any, I don't know, fantasy world that you can think of could be your own reality. So I guess you don't really have to question that, but I'm so curious as to how they all weave together and how you can like visit someone else's state and, it's just, it's cool. Like, I, I like that. If he did find someone, what actually happens now? Like, they splice to, yep, you're compatible, so they splice together your DNA and, and make a baby. Okay, what happens to that baby? Does that just, like, do you get your baby in the world, or is it just, like, boom, here's a person? Like, I don't know. I just I have so many questions about what happens. Yeah, based on what what, what she says, she's like, I'll let you pick the the initial whatever it does it sounds like they just dump this newborn into its own new world and let it go yeah because like they, they don't get raised by the the parent no i yeah, guess not kai was adopted right so yeah they're all they're all like adopted or orphaned or something to become this amazing hero it's yeah. just sad anyway it's a cool story though i thought it was a good read you got me wondering, I'm like, can they have kids and like raise their own fake computer kids and not worry about their actual kids? I don't It's so strange. <laughs> I would guess that they probably would have to raise fake computer kids because each simulation is like catered to that individual person. So if they want a kid, I doubt like they're going to be like, oh, well, here, quick, have have a kid with a, a real person real quick and then we'll dump that baby into your thing. 
that, that seems like it could go wrong in a lot of ways, but who knows? I, I thought this story had a had an okay ending. Uh, a little disappointed in in uh, kind of the direction it went at the end. Uh, I know that uh, Dak and Jamie had theorized that she was that this girl was definitely in on it, and I guess technically she was. But yeah, it definitely didn't end the way that I assumed it was. I did like or would. I did really like the <laughs> the ending with the giant like. Gundam style robot or I guess like creature it's almost like a creature of the week robot like a Power Rangers type thing so I I thought that was kind of funny it had a it had some comic appeal to me but the way that he defeated the giant robot at the end didn't I mean I don't know it didn't seem that interesting like it was just kind of like oh yeah I, I used this weird way that my powers now work because she allowed them to work this way and figured out this is the way I'm going to defeat this thing. It just didn't seem, and again, I, I know this is an extremely short work, but it didn't seem like it made a lot of sense or that it was very earned. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, I defeated it with this weird power that is like the power that I have, but different. So um, that part I wasn't super wild about, but overall, it, you know, it's a very short story. Usually they end very abruptly and you won't necessarily get like a super satisfying conclusion to them, which is what we have here. That's that's pretty standard uh, for this type of story. But yeah, it was it was good overall. It's definitely a complaint that we've discussed before that Brandon's stories sometimes end very abruptly and that it was definitely not an exception here. Yeah. Well, like I said, a short story format, like you, you, you kind of a lot of short stories are like that. So you kind of almost mm. expect it. So I feel like it wasn't as big of a deal here as with his larger works, for sure. Sure. That makes sense. I like uh, I like you're like yeah, the Gundam thing was cool. Everyone loves Gundams, right? Not actually a big fan of Gundam, but uh, <laughs> I do, you know, giant robots. Uh, it also made me think, what was that other anime show with the giant robots? Uh, well, just the one big O. Is that what it was? Oh, sure. That sounds like yeah, a thing. with Steve Bloom. That one was pretty good. I, I googled big O and uh, that is not the first thing that comes up, but there is an anime. Yeah, <laughs> a mecha based anime. Like the first thing that comes up is a place called Big O Tires in Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, but you know, Neon Evangelion. Any any time they use giant mechs, that's what it made me think of. Mm. Uh, I've been reading a lot of X Men lately, so my mind went straight to, oh, good, a Sentinel showed up. No, yeah, that makes sense. I and I think we you mentioned that last time. Yeah. Did I? Well, no. You when we were discussing what the hell is like the cover about, like your go-to was like it's a sentinel who's showing up looking for mutants or whatever. Oh, I don't even remember that. I was just yeah. editing it, so it sticks out. <laughs> I gotta pay more attention to what I say. I'm really not good at that. <laughs> On the whole, this story was pretty good. Like, agreed, it wrapped up fairly abruptly, and I did think it was satisfying in <sighs> that he spent most of this story going, "Oh, I need to control the weather. Need to control the weather," and then finally got to in the end. So that was pretty cool, but. As for the rest, it's like, I, I felt a bit vindicated when, yes, she turned out to be part of the, when Sophie turned out to be um, one of Melly's robots, and it was all part of some big con. I'm like, all right, so I kind of got that one. But as soon as they said Melly is is female, I'm like, oh, maybe Jamie was right, and it is Molly. Because otherwise, like, now having finished the story and, that, and the whole Molly thing never came up again, I'm just like, are we setting this up for a sequel short story where it turns <laughs> out that's true because otherwise it seemed like a super weird thing just to leave in there for no purpose but yeah and, yeah but uh and then then at the end the word is just like uh oh yeah you don't have to make kids anymore but sorry like what is the deal with the word like i kind of need to know more well the way like it's described like in this section she's just like you know you can't hold it against them they're just like these dudes who have to live out there maintaining everything basically so it sounds like they're just like it like some people had to not get their own personal universes in boxes because uh, we need IT to maintain everything. <laughs> oh god. But yeah, on the whole fun 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 story, fun like fun little side uh story for us to read. But yeah, I just feel like there's there's a lot you could do with this universe. So I'm like I feel like Brandon needs to revisit it at some point. Yeah, there's I mean basically the potential is almost infinite. So yeah, it's kind of Yeah. It's begging for more, although he says that he's going to be trying to concentrate more on uh, finishing his Cosmere stuff before, you know, he's 70 or whatever. He's looked he's looked at the discourse that George R. R. Martin is getting and it's just like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> well, it's and it's it's a whole thing because it's like part of how he relaxes and, you know, gets himself ready to do one of these 
big books is by doing something different. And then, you yeah. know, he's he's this classic writer who's always getting all these ideas. He's like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. But he has this plan for the Cosmere. And he's like, oh, well, people probably want me to finish that before I die. So maybe I should try to focus on this. Yeah. Uh, he did announce like we'll, we'll we'll probably talk about the con a little bit towards the end. But one of the announcements he made was that he's got uh, he hired one of his college friends and a guy who was also an author in his own right to work for his company as the uh, the one person in the what was it, uh, Joe? Was it the narrative department? Yes, it is his only uh, basically the only employee in his narrative department. So basically somebody who who he can share all of his Cosmere stuff to help him kind of frame out what he's going to do going forward and and to you know finish these books and in addition to that i believe he's also going to help write some stuff that's like not main cosmere but cosmere adjacent yeah yeah he said that he's gonna this this guy's gonna get to write some stuff in the cosmere and he may be co-writing some other things with him so yeah so he's got like a continuity nerd Basically, so. yeah, it's mm. a it's a it's a guy he's known from from college apparently, and they've been they've they've done like writing projects together before. They've been writing partners before, so somebody think, he trusts a lot. Is, is that the, yeah, hold on? Now I gotta look. Is that the guy who does the intentionally blank podcast with him? Uh, Might be. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. So they're old. They're all buddies. He's they're gonna be doing as, stuff. As this guy uh, had cameo appearances as a character in some of his earlier stories, since most of his friends seem to wind up getting that. Oh, that's a good question. Hold on. Now I got to go to like the, the the wiki and see if there's any mention of Dan as uh, getting a character. You should be in there. Uh, Dan Wells. That's his name. Oh, is that this guy who's like well in or whatever, Wells. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I definitely remember that one. Yeah, yeah, okay. Wellen in Mistborn Era 1 and Constable Wells in Mistborn Era 2. So there you go. The guy's, the guy's popping up all over the place. Oh, so, uh... Yeah, that'll be he's he's done some stuff before where he's co-written things with somebody when uh, like the the latest uh, the the last book in the Alcatraz versus the evil librarian series, the one that just came out not long ago. It was from a different character's perspective and he was having trouble getting into her like state mind, a state of mind or whatever to write from her voice. So he got this uh, lady who he's worked with on some other of his stuff and they co-wrote it together. So. Eventually, we will probably get into some co-written works here. And, of course, I guess the question really Nothing is, wrong with if, that. yeah, they, they end up being pretty good, the ones that uh, she's helped him write. It makes me want to go and look at her stuff, too. But uh, I guess the question is, if Dan Wells ends up writing into, like his own stuff in the Cosmere, do we eventually, will we eventually move into those once we've finished all the other? Uh, that's uh, an interesting possibility. Questions for later. Yeah, questions for much later, just uh, <laughs> while we were on the subject. Uh, and uh, also, just mentioning stuff we're going to talk about at the end, we will be addressing for everyone what we're reading next. So stay tuned for that. Under like the like the whole podcast is just being like this little drum roll of people like <laughs> waiting. No, I, I asked before you guys jumped on the recording and he even said that he's not going to tell me until the end. So I don't know. Well, I had a what, feeling that was coming. What what I said was, I think I've decided, but uh, we'll, yeah. discuss it, we'll discuss it at the end and we'll see what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I, I didn't want to make him look that indecisive, but that is the way he put it. I was going to make him seem a little more decisive than that. I finished the, the, the new book at 11 last night, and ever since then I've been kind of vacillating back and forth. But, yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> That's not a good yeah. sign. Either way, we should mention what Brandon said about it at the con at the end, because it was definitely some interesting stuff. Yes, yeah, we'll definitely stuff. talk about that. Okay, but for Perfect State, let's get into these four chapters. So as, as we left off last time, he was on his way to meet with Melly for the first time, or so he thought. And then he stops telling the story at the top of the stairwell. And so he's like, uh, and like, I want to hear more about this story. But uh, the door is locked and he can't get it open. And she's like, plug your ears and pulls out her gun. And he's like, no, that's not going to do anything. Handguns are. And then she shoots the lock off. She says, I'm good at doing things I'm not supposed to. And this is when he discovers that his mental link to Besk is no longer functioning. And actually, yeah, if you look back, it's been a while since we heard from Besk. I guess because he was just telling the story, it like sort of misdirected us away from noticing that. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, even like during the dinner, I think it's been a while. Like while they were sitting at the table, I, I don't think we heard from him for most of their conversation, actually. True. And so they're up on the roof. It's raining. It's a very it's a very noir scene, I feel like. And she's like, why are why are we up here? 
well, the roof is someplace we're not supposed to be. I figured you'd like that. And so there, he he's, he's like, maybe they shouldn't tell us about the truth of our situation. And she's like, nah, that'd be worse. You should be angry about the lies, the falsehoods. He's like, I don't know why. And she 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 points out like, hey, we're rats in a cage. It's a nice cage, but it's a cage nonetheless. Just start singing Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> and so yeah, they're they're, they're kind of uh, standing in the rain, commiserating over the uh, state of their lives. And she's like, you know, this is all terrible. And he's like, but I mean, you know, I've done some stuff. And they start talking about like they've given him a thing that only he can do, like this skill that only he can learn. And he's like, yeah, it's Lansing. She says, for me, the carrot was the nature of the states themselves. And it makes you wonder, knowing what we know about the ending is like, was this all programmed? Like, was this made up by Melly, or is this actually kind of Melly's outlook that she's stuck into this robot for this conversation? Or, you know, how much of her is in here and where did all this stuff come from that the robot is saying? Oh, here's where it talks about the woad are caretakers. They eat bland soup every day and sit at terminals. It's hard. It's hard to hate them for that, for what they do. Uh, and he's like, I got to go back to my kingdom. And she's like, oh, yeah, just be a good little boy. Go back to the kingdom that they created for you. He's like, he says he can't abandon his kingdom because he's having an existential crisis. And I like her responses. I guess that's noble, like manufactured nobility, brand name, little copyright symbol, but close to the real thing. And then she starts like, uh, so like stop shooting him down. He ha- he has feelings. Yeah, she's not real big on uh, worrying about other people's feelings. But I don't know. Maybe that's another. Not that she actually is. Maybe that's another thing. You know, when, when you're the most important person in the universe, that uh, you don't care that much what other people feel. Yeah. But she starts taking her dress off, and he's like, "I wait, what?" And she's like, "I mean, that's why we're here, right? So they'll leave us alone. Well, let's let's do the thing, and we'll we'll get going." So the woad will harvest our genes and splice them into a new child. I'll even let you pick the kid's initial trope. I just end up choosing something horrible for them. Oh, so if your parent gets to choose your initial trope, I mean, what if they were like just a sadist? Are they going to put you in a horror movie or something? <laughs> and it sounds pretty bad. And he's uh, he's kind of uh, caught by surprise here. And she's like, what is female nudity new? And he's like, I mean, I had a harem at one point. She's like, how unexpected men. But this is all part of her thing where she's like, I have to be doing something that I don't like or whatever to, <laughs> so that I can be a rebel against my own bringing uh, upbringing or I don't, I don't know. I don't maybe it doesn't need to make sense since she's a robot after all. But <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty, pretty dangerous game for Melly. Like, who's to say Kai wouldn't have just turned around and gone? Nah, I'm out. Bye. This isn't working. It's true. Could have just left. I mean, maybe maybe that would have just made his rival play his cards sooner you know we don't know that he needed all this prep time necessarily Mm. interesting point but as they're about to uh get into the reason they're supposedly here all of a sudden there's a big thumping that they start hearing and then out on the skyline there's something as big as a building with eyes burning red he's like oh yeah you remember that nemesis yeah you still owe me half a story about that well he's been promising me a new robot and although apparently she is the new robot so that's a really impressive robot, let's be fair. Apparently, Melly is very good at hacking and has managed to hack the communal state. And she's like, I mean, we can just try to dodge him long enough for the woad to fix the problem, or we can just take off. I think we should do that thing. And he's he can't leave people dying. He's too honorable for that, even for the, you know, uh, even if they're mostly machine people. Although there's also a bunch yeah. of real people in this state, so. Yeah, and this I think this really goes to show that that his nemesis really knows him here because he's mm-hmm. like even though you know they've really only met in face face to face confrontations maybe once or twice it's like he really knows him enough to be like yeah he's not going to he's he's too entrenched in his little fantasy world that I'm secretly making fun at using this woman robot like it, it's obvious he doesn't actually he he can't resist protecting people whether they're real or not so yeah chronic I mean, syndrome Kinda. I mean, and she she says it like you said. She's kind of making fun of him. Your fantasy men are such Boy Scouts. Which is, you know, and it's funny too because the reason that he didn't originally want to fight this guy was because he's like, nah, this is like so clearly steered by the woad. I'm not really interested in participating in this. Mm-hmm. And now he's using his opponent is using that that kind of same thinking, but for some reason. He, you know, Kai is is turned against that frame of mind and being like, oh, well, the Woad didn't intend this. So it's like uh, we're going to do what the Woad intended, even though uh, we didn't want to do what the Woad intended. Yeah, it's she's 
he's or she Melly has created Sophie to have that very similar attitude to that first encounter. That's a good point where she's like, I'm not going to play the Wodes game. Maybe that's part of what he's finding attractive here. Yeah, maybe so. I like her note that being liveborn won't keep me from being arrested for indecency in this state. Let me get my dress back. And so she's just like, well, why don't we just go back to your state? I could probably stomach the singing trees and elves long enough. <laughs> I love how everyone's just looking down on these fantasy people. It's like, is this um classist? I don't know what you call this. Statist? <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's like, oh, fantasy. Oh, they go to the elves, the singing trees. And that's lame. <laughs> like when she asked him if he rode here on a unicorn. It's just all. <laughs> That is a stereotypical assumption. How dare you? No, it was a Pegasus. Um, so he goes back to telling the story. He goes into the village and a steel man walked out of one of the huts. And I like his things like, I mean, I'd created golems from bones of the dead before, but this was this was weird. And so the robot is uh, talking. It's like, oh, so you're the one I am to fight for this place. And through the the the, the machine, Melly is communicating like, you know, I, I'm alive born. This is just one of the forms that I use. You're from a fantasy state. Do they really expect this to be a challenge? My robotic legions will blah, blah, blah. And he just takes he's like starts walking away. Like, I, I'm not not interested. It's just it's so obviously set up. It, it's so transparent that he just is like, I can't even it, it, the fakeness of it was like a slap in the face. Here we are, absolute lords of entire worlds, and we'd been maneuvered to stand facing one another so we can mouth off. So he lost all the excitement for sparring with another liveborn, though it would return as Melly made later attempts to invade my state. And uh, the chief's like, wait, what? He's like, you'll have to make an alliance with the uh, metal dude. I'm, I'm out. And Melly's trying to taunt him like, oh, afraid, little emperor. And he's like, yeah, sure. That's what it is. I don't care. Such a power move. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm out. Say up. Yep. He says, dance for the woad, be their little puppet, not me. Maybe that's that's the line that really developed him, this nemesis, where she's just like, I am not a puppet. And we find out that Melly just plundered the border state, murdered most of the people, stole everything of value. I had to open my side and send aid to recover the remaining natives. Very nice. It's been 30 years since their first meeting. We, we, say, we estimated like 50 last time, so we were pretty close. He even invades my state, though his robots never work properly there. I guess that makes sense. The robots don't work in a fantasy state. So I guess in my mind, Melly is like a like a mad scientist type inventing these like a Dr. Robotnik, mm. which now that I think about it, that that it's entirely possible that if I had uh, my perfect state, that would totally be me. I'm just like mad scientist coming up with crazy random creations. Oh, I thought you were like, about to say like <laughs> your perfect state, you would be Sonic the Hedgehog. No, <laughs> no, that's too much Sonic. work. All that running. I was about to say, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> But he, he, he doesn't like he doesn't wear him out. He's fine. I don't know. You ever watched him when he stands still? Looks like he's breathing pretty hard. <laughs> he's also bored. He looks at his watch and his non-existent watch or whatever. Yeah, he's like, are we not gonna go now or what are we doing? <laughs> I think that was a thing in like X Men comics. So, like that, that's why Quicksilver was always such a jerk to everyone because like his yeah. like because he's got to run fast, so his body has to keep up, so his mind also moves at that speed. He's just so bored by everyone around him, he just gets irritated. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I will say, on the subject of Quicksilver, even though I don't particularly like the movies he's in, um, that the Quicksilver from Days of Future Past is my favorite Quicksilver. You know, the time in a bottle scene? Yeah, just all both of the scenes. He's got another one in one of the later movies where he yep. goes into the mansion. Those are good. Those are good scenes. I gotta stay out of that one. I I will go for, <laughs> go for hours. Dax, <laughs> like I have thoughts and opinions. Let's sum it up. As soon as Joe said that was your favorite Quicksilver, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, just just very briefly, what's your favorite Uh-oh. cinematic Quicksilver? Oh, Age of Ultron, hands down. Oh, really? Okay. Age of Ultron. Course. I felt Age of Ultron was a character. The one in Age of Ultron was a character who had an arc and and was interesting and the one in the x-men movies was a gimmick just there for dumb fun scenes and i hated him hated him so much anyway moving on <laughs> i mean it's kind of true he does just it's like hey i know a guy and then once he's done what he's there for they're like okay go away now yeah and then they used him as a gimmick in wandavision so there you go yeah it's true I, I don't love any depiction of quicksilver we've had but i agree with dak that uh, at least the the age of ultron one seems like a character yeah, my favorite character of Aaron Taylor Johnson while we're on the subjects has now become Tangerine because that movie was good. Oh yeah, yeah, we watched oh, was that Bullet Train. 
Yeah, we yeah. watched Bullet Train on the, on the plane. It, yeah. It's a good movie. I, I still have a fondness for Kick-Ass, honestly. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know what it is about that. Second. I don't know what it is about that movie. I just, I don't like it that much. That's fair. Yeah, you know, opinions, everyone's. Okay, sorry, back to the back to the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it makes sense now what he said in the last section about Melly has never won one of their fights because he doesn't go out and fight Melly. Melly sends robots which is apparently her thing, sends robots that don't work in his state. So, yeah, mm. he's going to win. Yeah. Doesn't sound like the best idea, but this was a good idea. Yeah. And that's Sophie's like, OK, you realize that if we fight him here, his robots are going to work perfectly. Right. This is not and your magic won't. So this is not good for us. And so he's like, no, I'm doing this because I have to know if what we've been talking about all this this whole time is true, if everything has just been everything I've done has been a safety net under me and I've never accomplished anything real. Like this is this is real. I'm facing another live born. I could die. So if I'm actually good, then I should be able to win this. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you're serious. He's like, yeah, you wait here. I'll lead him off. Wait here. Wait here. She's outraged by wait here. Mr. Emperor, I'm not one of your soft headed fantasy maidens with chainmail undies. I laughed at that line. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a good one. So she can't fight much, but she can hack. So he's like, okay. Yeah, well, she's can... the girl in the chair. Yeah, exactly. It's like, can you give me my magic? And she's kind of doubtful that that's even possible. She's like Oracle in the extremely inappropriate movie version of The Killing Joke, where oh, she and Batman she... are together, which is weird. Oh, and they should not have done that. That was the thing that happened. some opinions on that, too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. We're going to start that talking about comic movies. Just awkward. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. So it's like, look, keep it simple. Try to get your magic to work. We got to go to where the robot came into the this state. So and then you can blast the overcompensatory machine with your magical rainbows. <laughs> it is such a big robot that you're like, really? I mean, come on. And they go and they steal a car. What well, he he says, one of those self-driving vehicles, which is not quite right. And he says it trembles like an animal coming awake. And he goes, so it is alive. And she's like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a cute kid. Okay. All these horses under the bonnet. It's true. There's a bunch of them. Uh, horsepower, yes. And he, he finds all of this just very uncivilized. There's no elegance, just brute force. At the same time, he is uh, terrified of how fast they are going, and he feels like this thing is completely out of control. And while they're driving, she she hacks his gun to make it uh, a real gun, so that's impressive. And the fact that this hack has happened instantly attracts the attention of the robot. So she says, your friend's probably monitoring the state for irregularities. And he, he, he just, he's like pushing against the window of the car. He's like, how does, can I? And she goes, yeah, there's a lever. You turn it. <laughs> Uh, and how long has it been since you've one of those? Like, genius. <laughs> Very clever. Okay. Uh, ooh, a lever. Hmm. <laughs> He's going to be bringing all these ideas back to his fantasy state. <laughs> pesk, pesk, pesk. we got to turn the thing and the window goes down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Besk, it's physics, man. Physics. <laughs> Besk is just like a, so this sounds like witchcraft. <laughs> what maybe witchcraft to you is science on my planet <laughs> <laughs> and so they they make it there in the car uh, in a very uncontrolled stop in in point of fact but uh she starts to do the hack and uh he feels like a tingly tingly sensation and she's like i, I can't change your code directly and he's like wait i have code i don't like the sound of that but she says we all have code notations around our core selves like footnotes added to a textbook by someone studying for exams. And he's like, wait, once again, words that I don't textbook exam. What are we? Uh, it would be nice not to know about textbooks and exams. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so she she thinks that she can change his magic so that it draws on a different power source than the Grand Aurora back home. And so she's going to make it use electricity, which is all over the place here. Only that doesn't quite work, and I don't know if it's intentional or if she actually was trying and just fails. But he is unable to use the power of electricity. It turns out that uh, it's heat that he's locking onto with his lance sight. And he can draw it in, but it just kind of dissipates. Like, I can't make magic with it. And he's drawing in so much, it says that, like, it, ice is developing around him. And she's like, it didn't work. We need to go. But he sees all these people, like, cowering and hiding and small children even and he's like no nope, can't can't leave it can't leave them 
got very Harry Dresden vibes off this off this bit. I agree. This this feels like a Dresden scene. Just not just like the sticking up for the people that are hiding, but also the fact that he winds up using the ice. Yep. Well, and I mean, I think there is a scene in like the first book where he's like out in the rain, you know, having to do this fight or whatever. And it's just it it like yeah. the setting the setting here is very noir, which is also the case in the Dresden Files. So I think it really there's yeah. lots of similarities. Yep. Fair. Yeah, that uh, I remember that scene because that like you were like, oh, I should read these books. And when I read that scene, then I was like, ah, this is this is why these books are good. This is cool. He's fighting up a until demon that, naked in the rain. Yeah, up until that point, there really wasn't a whole lot for me to grab onto in the book that I was like, huh, I mean, I guess this is all right. But yeah, that scene, uh, that scene's good. And I almost gave up in the second book until the fight with the werewolves. And then I was like, oh, man, this is actually pretty good. The first uh, book's not the best. Neither is the second, to be honest. But still, they're, yeah. they're decent. Yeah, they got some They got some good moments for sure. But uh, that's... Uh, that was those two moments are probably what kept me going in those books because like oh I like this it's like and then what is it grave peril I barely remember that one so I know there's ghosts but I don't remember what what happens there's ghosts right. there's a vampire party everyone's right. always like book four is the one that hooked him in the series I'm like nah it was grave peril book three that got me really I like summer yep. night a lot I actually really like death masks uh, as well which I know a lot of people don't like that one but I think it's pretty good really death death mask is is great yeah, it's great. Book three, book three is where a lot of the overarching story stuff of the series starts. So yeah, there's a lot to be said for that one. Yeah, getting the vamp- vampires and stuff. The vampire costume party where Harry shows up as a cheesy vampire. <laughs> it's a good moment. Okay, no, sorry, we'll we'll stop with the dress. Yeah, well, yeah, we're not talking about dress and files right now. The the robot grabs him, and the robot's like, "I finally have you. I will crush you with my fingers. You will know what it is to insult Melly." And I like that Kai starts getting in his head, trying to use the magic here to to win this. And in the meantime, Melly is like monologuing out here. And he's like, I'm not even really paying attention to that anymore. I'm trying to like freeze things. I'm freezing the ice or the, the, the rain into ice. And eventually all this water coming down, him freezing the, the water starts developing cracks in the robot. And then at some point it just falls apart. And he's like, oh, my gosh, yes, I am awesome. This was a real thing. I accomplished it. I am so great. And then he turns and he sees uh, Sophie and he realizes he's like, I never realized how much I wanted to know someone real, someone who hadn't been created just for me, someone who had a life outside of me. It was so sexy. And then she pulls out her gun and shoots herself in the head. And it turns out that uh, she was created just for you and has no life outside of you. So I guess try again. Ouch. And. He finds words imprinted in the ground. I told you my new robot would be wonderful. I worked long to perfect Sophie. I am pleased that she captured your heart. Your debt is paid. It's just like, ow, jeez. And it's funny because I was telling Joe, uh, like last in the last episode, I mentioned that like in my notes for this, I had written down weird, interesting novella. Like I read that off to you guys, but then I realized the next part of my notes, I could not read at that time. It's what I have is weird, interesting novella, bit of a dark ending. And I was like, oh, well, I can't say that. But uh, so, yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah, probably would have given the game away. Because I just I, I don't know about you guys, but there's I was nowhere near expecting her to suddenly shoot herself. And I think after I read that the first time, I had to, like, go back and reread the page a couple times to see what the hell I had just missed. Because I, what? Yeah. So, man, Brandon can get the surprises in there sometimes. And then uh He's back in his own state. Besk is like, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I noticed that she wasn't real, but Melly cut me out of the system. And uh, it's like, I'm having trouble getting answers from the Wode. Mm. Apparently, Melly just, like, intercepted the message before it reached the actual woman and so sent a replacement. And he's, he's like, I don't even know what to feel at this point. Like, feel angry, betrayed, hollow. That's when he sends a note to the woad, like, who are the live born in 10 jars on either side of me? I want to I want their names and their identif- the identifiers of their states. And the woad send back, <laughs> we're sorry about what happened. Melly will be disciplined. I wonder how they discipline people. Yeah, they're they bad. They like they make they make stuff go bad for them in their own world for a while. It's like, yeah, things aren't working out. <laughs> yeah, you say put something in oh. their jar. <laughs> put a fish. <laughs> Oh, God, it's touching me. I'll put seaweed in there. <laughs> I've had a migraine for like 20 days. I don't know what's going on. There's a fish nibbling at your brain. Oh. You are released from propagation duty per a unanimous judgment. You may return to your rule. And then uh, 
he sends the same question again. I want the names of the 10 jars on either side of me and they send the answers and that's the it that, or that's the it. That is the end. Yep. It was definitely one of those moments where I was like, you read it. You can't unread it. Stay tuned for more tales Tales of of interest. interest. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can see that. So I don't know that we have any predicaments that we can do because we've just finished a thing and you guys have no idea what we're doing next. So true. I mean, I I, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I will say. I, I for whatever reason, even though it, it's clear that the would say like, oh, we're sorry, but just kind of when we were discussing it before, it's like, oh, well, they're ending up doing what the Wode intended. Up, like, I'm always wondered if the Wode intended this. Like, they sent that propagation thing, knowing he would, you know, have to do it, and then they knew that Melly would do what Melly did because they wanted them to have some kind of confrontation with each other. But maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Hmm, could be. Yeah, we really don't know much about them. We know what Sophie said about them, but we have no idea if that's even true. So, yeah, I mean, it could all be some crazy experiment. It could all be a video game. These could be video game characters. Yeah, or we could be a video game right now. Yep, this is Free Guy. Yeah, or whatever. Uh, Okay, so without predicaments to this, but this may actually be a shorter episode, but we can, we're can we going to spend some time talking about the con in a minute. Let me... Okay, no, we got one email, but it's like a, it's like a lost metal discussion email, so that may that may not be pulled out for a while. We do though. Have... So we're gonna put the book off, and we'll come back to this email in like two years. <laughs> yeah, I like I like when they email just to like talk to you about something. It's like, well, we're not gonna read that, so we can't talk about it. I'm cool like that. <laughs> no, usually, if people want to talk to me, they they do it on the Discord. They're like, hey. Data, what do you think of this? I got, I got tagged in the Lost Metal, like I had the Lost Metal channel muted, but I had one so that people could talk about it. Right. Uh, and somebody tags me, it's like, hey, Data, we think this. And I was like, I don't want to go in there. I don't, I, I hate having yeah. a little thing that's popped up that's like, hey, you have a message here you need to read. But at the same time, I don't want to go in there and accidentally see something before I read the book. Like, right. You need to read. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. And given that Patreon news, they're they're about to have a lot of content. Yes, yeah, I uh, I recorded yeah in the last couple of days all of the uh, the rest of that book. There are I haven't edited any of those yet to upload, but there uh, let me let me see. There are twenty episodes that I recorded for the Patreon Dear through uh, through that. Wow. Work. Yep. How how frequently were you doing them? I mean, I I did. Uh, I mean, I was doing three chapters at a time, and let's see. I can tell you exactly. Uh, let's look at the 1.04 p.m., 1.29 p.m., 10.44 p.m. Dick. Yeah. Okay. He 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 2 p.m. I had to work in between, you know, like 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. But, um, yeah. 9.29, 9.52 p.m., <laughs> 8.51 a.m. So, yeah, there's – it's just – the very last one is 10.25 p.m. last night. So – and after that, I had to uh, do a few other things to wrap up all that that I was working on. So that's why I ended up being about 11 that I wrapped everything up. But So, yeah, I will have to do some editing on those. And then uh, but those have been going up pretty regularly on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I think I still have one maybe in the like in the queue ready to upload on Tuesday yeah. uh, or maybe the last one uploaded on Thursday. I'll have to look. But uh, he, yeah, he can't stop. Won't stop. Well, I mean, I'm done now until the next new book comes out. So, except for the editing, yeah. Uh, so yes. Speaking of Patreon, though, we have two new patrons, and so we'll do that real quick before we get into discussing other things. Joe, are you ready? Uh, let me pull up my fairing list here. Okay. It takes me a minute because it's in my email from you. That's where I have my fairings. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So the first one, ska level backer is sushi cat sushi cat sushi cat um with a name like sushi cat it's got to be good right <laughs> you're gonna be a subsumer you store energy using that bendeloy very nice very nice so, that's the kind of thing uh, misting, or fairing that's the kind of thing uh a, a cat would do right store energy and then just let it all out at once <laughs> that's how they just, get like the, the zoomies around the house yeah. while spreading the, the the yeah, they, they let out their energy at 12 <laughs> In the evening, so that oh yeah, they do. You can wake up your baby. That's that's how cats do it. Yeah, that's how they do. 
two of them wrestling on my bed. It happens at, uh, all the time in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you, Sushi Cat. The, the the other one is also a skull level backer. It is Rob with two Bs. Rob with two Bs, huh? Yep. You're a fire soul, Rob. Okay. Thank you, everyone who has uh, who who backs our Patreon. We appreciate the heck out of you. We've got. Uh, I currently am investing some of this in uh, getting some art for some potential T-shirts. So yeah, it's true. I haven't I haven't seen the first piece that I commissioned come back yet. They told me it'd be a couple weeks, so we'll see what happens. But and for anyone who's not aware, the main extra content on our Patreon at the moment, uh, still working on editing P- Possum Hunters, but the main content is I have been reading first Bastille versus the Evil Librarians and then the Lost Metal and uh, recording my reactions live as I read through these books, which is a very different way of reading books. Uh, I fear that uh, sometimes I'm probably so into it that I'm not saying anything for long periods of time. <laughs> All that gets edited out when I'm editing them. So they end up being much shorter than the, the t- total. But I'm just like, I probably should be commenting more, but I'm just so interested in what's happening. Okay, do we want to talk about the con a little bit? Let's. Uh, sure. What, what stands out to you, Joe? What, what did you enjoy, not enjoy? What, what, what do you want to bring up? So um, I would say probably the most enjoyable thing was at the end for me just uh the last the last thing we really did was hear from brandon himself and yep. that was pretty cool i i had never heard him speak um, other than like the kickstarter videos and so just to get him to get him listen to him talk about his work and talk about what he's excited about that's coming up it was it was really neat i enjoyed getting to look at some of the merch that's coming out even if i didn't fully understand you know some of the the characters of the merch or or things like that that wasn't as big a deal to me as as maybe just the general excitement of fans and the people that work for Brandon. It's very clear, it's a smaller company, but it's very clear that all the people that work for him really like working for him, um, at least the ones at the con, and they're excited about his what he does and what he uh, has brought to kind of fandom and stuff like that. So that was a really fun experience just to kind of experience that. A lot of cool cosplay. Again, a lot of the cosplay, I didn't know what they were cosplaying as. And um, I would just say for people who were afraid that I would like get a lot of spoilers or hear a lot of spoilers, I, if they said character names, you have to realize since I've never read anything, I don't know who they're talking about. So it really didn't do like, you know, they're not talking about specific events that are happening in books or things like that. They're just mentioning characters and kind of maybe some personality traits of these characters in passing that doesn't really you know spoil me in any way. So there really wasn't much of that going on. Some of the panels were very interesting. Uh, a lot of them were geared towards people who want to create themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that was I went to a couple of those and those were fun. And then it was it was kind of neat because a lot of the panelists were also had booths and were vendors and, and writers in their own right. And to get to see their material was was cool, too. The thing we probably spent the most time doing were the scavenger hunts that they had, which were interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then I think my favorite part, obviously, was to get to meet some listeners and hand out uh, buttons and talk about the show. That was that was really fun. I'm so glad that we did get to meet a few listeners. And uh, those of you that we met, I'm very sorry that I, I don't think we asked one of your names, which I feel bad about. But the uh, the others that I met, I'm sorry, I don't remember your names. I'm not very good with that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. We had a lot of I think we had a lot of fun. You know, maybe maybe the con isn't quite big enough yet that there's a ton of options on on what to do at the con just yet but i feel like it could i i don't feel like it could really decrease in size from here on so in future years we may go again if it's grown a lot and i you know i said i told data you know we would definitely consider going again if our audience has grown just so that we could meet listeners and stuff like that. But if we kind of stay the same size and the con doesn't get much bigger in the next couple of years, I don't know about you data, but I don't know that we would go maybe again, unless there was just a really big outpouring from listeners saying they would want to go. Because if you guys did want to go for to a future one, you know, I'd definitely be down to have like a meetup, go, go eat dinner, have a drink or something like that. So yeah, just let us know what you guys think. Uh, uh, we know, we know when it'll be next year. We, they, they did announce that at the convention. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's, uh, that was my experience. What about you? Uh, there was a lot of, I had fun. And like Joe said, there a lot of the panels are directed towards people who are interested in creating, like there was writer panels, like about how to write or, uh, how to get, how to do this, how to do that when in your writing. And there was like at least one editing panel also. And those were things that I was like, I'd like to go to that. And then I ended up not going because I got 
caught up doing other stuff. Like like he said, the scavenger hunt, we spent so long on that. It was you had to find these tiny hats hidden all over the con and it turned out to be extremely tricky. Yeah. But uh, it gave us something that kept us busy for a very long while. Yeah. Uh, and we got exclusive hat pins out of it. So that was cool. Uh, yep, that's true. We did that. But yeah, we I handed out several uh, I, in case I, I showed them to people on the Discord. And I might put them on the the Instagram or something now. But for people who aren't aware, Joe and I had separate little things that we were handing out. I had slap bracelets because I feel like slap bracelets are cool. And everyone, almost every single person I handed them to, like whether they care about the podcast or not, they're like, ah, man, slap. So that was funny. And uh, mine were just purple bracelets with our logo and the Sandal Lynch podcast written on them. Joe had purple pins with uh, the Sandal Lynch podcast and our logo. And then at the bottom, it said, fuck spook. And uh, there were a couple of people <laughs> I saw very excited about that. Yeah, it was it was F star star star. Yeah. But yeah, it did say it did say essentially say fuck spook. And yes, uh, one of the girls uh, that I handed one to, she was dressed as Staris and she's like, oh, you hate spook, too. That's great. <laughs> she wanted to have a very an in-depth discussion about everything wrong with spook. It was it was amazing. Yeah. Do we have a new list up? I don't Possibly. know. I actually you're listening. I saw lady her, who who she, cosplayed as Staris. You're, you were awesome. She made a post on Reddit uh, with her Staris cosplay. And so I might I'll, I'll share that with you guys so you can see the outfit that she was in, but it, yeah, I was playing, she was at the table where I was playing, we were playing Cosmere code names. And, uh, so that was fun. And she, uh, so I, (laughs) when I saw her post on base on Reddit, I was like, Hey, it was fun playing code names. Yeah. There was a a listener that we didn't meet that we knew was there, but I just, I don't think I ever saw him. He was, he was, uh, cosplaying as an, as an inquisitor, I believe. Yeah, we saw we saw a couple of really cool Inquisitor cosplays just on that topic. There yeah. was one there was one guy cosplaying as a coloss, and he was literally wearing just a loincloth and painted blue all over with yeah, like yeah. spikes, uh, or obviously not real spikes, but like fake spikes. It was just an impressive dedication to the yeah. uh, to the cosplay. The coolest cosplay That's I saw, awesome. I the coolest cosplay I saw, I have no idea what it's from. Um, I assume either from Warbreaker or Stormlight Archive, but it was very intricately made and, and pretty awesome. What did it look like just for the audience now? Sure. It was a tall hooded character with like these weird face fans that were black and like kind of like netting or mesh or something like that. I don't know. It was weird looking. I don't know what it means. Let me see if I can find a picture of that one. Anyway, uh, so yes, there was lots of cool stuff. I think the first day... I handed out several of those bracelets and told a couple people about the podcast. You know, when they, whenever somebody asked me about my shirt that said, ask me about my volcano theory, I would explain, oh, it's from the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I'm giving these out to anyone who asks me about my shirt. And so I would hand them the, uh, the wrist, the, the bracelet at that point. And so I don't think I ran into anyone on day one who was like, oh, I've heard of that. And so I think when we started running into a, a couple people on day two who are like, oh, wait, you guys are, I was, I, I, I was kind of disbelieving of it. And, uh. Like there was a guy who was hollering at us and just in, yeah, in my yeah, mind, yeah. in my mind, and this has always been the case in my mind, no one is ever calling to me because I don't know people. So if someone is yelling towards me, I assume it's somebody past me that they're trying to talk to and not me. So that's what happened here. Like I, I literally, because the area was kind of crowded, I like moved out of the way so he could pass me and get to whoever he was talking to. And he was like, you're, you're, you're from the Sanderland, right? I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> And so the same thing happened. We ran into some people who were waiting in line and they're like, oh, my gosh, yeah. we found you. And we talked to them for a little bit. And I think that's like Joe, Joe said, I don't think we asked people their names. And I was like, maybe he's right. Maybe we didn't. And I think that's that is the cause of it, because just whenever somebody starts talking, I'm like, I, I don't believe that this situation is actually happening. So, <laughs> yeah, no, the the ones we were talking to in line, she straight up said, hey, you're Joe. And I was like, oh, hello. you?" <laughs> And then I was like, oh, you're, you know me from the show because we posted the Instagram picture. Okay, I got it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like you did the like all the comments. was like, oh, my God, it's a face reveal. Like, uh, is, <laughs> I guess. Didn't know that was a thing, but okay. Yeah, that's what I look like. It's me. Ta-da. <laughs> and then we were approached by a guy who was just like, hey, you guys are the Sandra Lynch podcast. I'm, like he was from a different podcast called Following Noadon which is a stormlight and it sounded like they're going to move into other ones. But uh, if you look at their, their like art and stuff, it's, it's like, this is a stormlight podcast. And so I guess 
I looked at their most recent episode and it's like they're almost to the end of Rhythm of War. So I guess they're running out of Stormlight and they may need to move into other things after that. He was like, oh, I've seen your show, but I couldn't really listen to it because I'm one of the unspoiled people. And we're starting with Stormlight and you guys are starting with the stuff that we're not reading yet. So, oh, yeah. And that's what I said to him. I was like, well, I can't listen to your podcast then either. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But so, yeah, we ran into some really fun people. Like, there were a couple of people with there were a couple of podcasts that had booths there and they had some fun stuff going on. And so we ran into a lot of very creative, very fun, interesting people. And That's uh, awesome. so it was a good time. And I wish that Sound I awesome. attended more of those. Like, I want to go to the writing ones. I want to go. The editing one sounded really interesting to me. And so I might go back if I could afford it. I don't know. We'll have to see what my financial state is like next year. But yeah, if, if it was affordable for me, I might go back again next year and uh, just yeah. hang out, see all the stuff. Joe uh, Joe mm. mentioned that Brandon's uh, Brandon's big speech at the Lost Metal release event, which is um, which was a lot of fun. I agree that was one of the better bits. And since Joe Joe left before he got to the part where he was uh, he the, he ended with some readings from the next Stormlight book, the one that's not out yet, uh, that he's actually just you know in the middle of writing. So Joe was like, oh, I gotta go before he starts reading this stuff. So yeah, he missed that part, but. He, that was well into it. So I was going to I'm going to post they they have it on Brandon's on Brandon's YouTube channel. They have the the his speech and stuff from the release event. So I'm going to put that into our chat here and you guys are welcome to watch since you know, mm-hmm. Joe got to see it. We want everybody on the same page. There's he tells some very interesting stories to start out with. Yeah. And uh, yeah, stuff about like his early writing and why he's made some of the decisions he's made up till now and why the lost metal is kind of a change where he feels like he's finally to a point where he doesn't have to worry about uh, doing what people want or expect him to do. So he talks about the the one thing I will bring out is that he talked about how he's always talked about how he wanted to keep like the bigger Cosmere stuff in the background. Like he doesn't do a lot of crossovers. We haven't seen a lot of crossover type stuff, right? He doesn't do a lot of that or hasn't done a lot of that because one, for one thing, he doesn't want people to feel like they have to read a different thing or they're missing out on what's going on in this one. But also because when he first started, everyone was telling him that's not the kind of thing that people want. People don't want to read. People don't want continuity. People want episodes that they can enjoy. This this very 90s outlook in TV and in books. And so and then it's like, uh, yeah, Marvel Cinematic Universe begs to disagree. Well, and he was he, uh, he, he was talking about that, yeah, because his which which one of his books did he say? Um, was it Elantris? Was it his first published book? Yeah, because because he said a couple years later, uh, Iron Man came out. So Elantris came out in two thousand five, and then you know Iron Man comes out in two thousand eight. Yeah, like yeah, that's not exactly true. People do like that stuff, and I think that's kind of where he shifted and was like, I feel he's like the thing that people come for. The reason that this convention exists is because of this larger continuity that we've created and so i think the exact phrase was he's like the like the kid gloves or not kid gloves but the gloves are coming off like yep. he right. said as far with his crossover stuff starting with this book the lost metal the gloves are off okay and having now read it i can confirm that he is not kidding so uh yeah that uh that may be actually the way to move into the discussion of what we're reading next so having read the lost metal now and what is what is getting me uh, what has me had me vacillating back and forth so much is that, yes, there are absolutely there is a lot of Cosmere stuff in this book. Some stuff that uh, is completely it, well, I, I won't even get into that. But the point being, there are details here that would change your reading experience in some of the books that we haven't read yet, knowing them. Although I guess that's almost true. That's true of anything. If you read a different thing first, it changes your experience on the next thing. But and I'll say spoilers. Yes, there there are things in there that are spoiling. But at the same, it, it comes down to this idea of what was I trying to do when I when I approached people about doing this podcast and when I created the reading order that we've been following. Right? There's there's a reason that we put or that I put secret history where I put it as opposed to where a lot of people say it should go to preserve, like we talked about in that in the last book, to preserve the shock. And the experience that you get at the end of the Bands of Mourning, people want to keep secret history after Bands of Mourning. In 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 our case, there's a reason I put it first. Partially because, like I said, it it the experience I think makes a lot more sense when you're close. You read it close to the first 
trilogy and you can see those connections that you might have forgotten about if you read it way later. Partly because I've said from the beginning, the way that I have set up the reading order is because we're not doing rereads. I wanted to give you guys the maximum chance to catch connections the first time so that, you know, if Dak decides to go off and reread Mistborn at some point, he's not like, oh, my gosh, I never noticed that. And then he comes onto the podcast and it's like, yeah, remember three years ago when we recorded this thing? I just realized something. So I'm wanting to give you guys the best chance up front. But I also talked about in our in the last episode or the episode. I don't remember if it was the last episode or the one before that when I was like, you know, we missed out on this big the big shock that you get from Kelsey or being alive at the end of Bands of Mourning. There are other moments like that that I am trying to protect so that you guys will get that experience because it's a really fun experience to have. So what is more the point of the podcast for you guys to have the enjoyable experience for you guys to have that that like those moments and to let people experience that and kind of have fun hearing your reaction to that stuff through the show? Or is it to give you guys the best shot, like I said, at catching stuff the first time? I feel like I can't. I feel like if I don't make the same decision I did with with Secret History, then I'm not being loyal to the spirit of the podcast that I set up. I feel like it. I I would be contradicting myself and to to try to preserve because I feel there's an entertainment value to the big shocks to try to preserve that entertainment value over making the show true to the vision that I had for it over giving you guys the experience that I set out for you guys to have the first time through here. So. Because of that, we are going to go into the Lost Metal next. Yes! Yay! Woot! It's okay. just, if, yeah, if we, have to, if we had to wait three years to come back to Mistborn, then you're going to lose a lot of everything. Just, just like if we had to wait a year and a half to revisit that first trilogy with Secret History and those... Yeah and try to connect those dots. I don't, it wouldn't be as interesting. It wouldn't, you wouldn't get the, you wouldn't understand it as well. It wouldn't be as powerful. So yes, we're going to finish Mistborn. Well, what's currently released of Mistborn. We're going to move into the lost metal next. Also some people on the, on the discord, uh, they, there were lots of opinions on the discord about this, by the way, most of them were, you guys should do. The oh, lost I'm metal sure next. there were that didn't, uh, I listened to them. That didn't affect my decision all that much. There was one thing that, Several people said that did kind of stick out to me, and they're like, I mean, if you guys read The Lost Metal next, then you guys will probably be one of the first ex- podcasts that exist that cover this material. And I was like, well, oh, that's yeah, true. that's yeah. true. Yeah. Groundbreaking. I didn't think about it that way. So that did contribute slightly, but mostly uh, it, it's a decision that I had to make within uh, fighting with myself about it. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, Joe... and just and for you, for your listeners out there, for your edification, Data did not bring this to us and ask us what he thought or, or what we thought he should do. He has made this decision. We are we are finding out now yeah. that that is his decision. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, you sort of got that from mine and Jamie's reaction there. I, I, <laughs> I, I I've curated the reading order very jealously so far, and like I said, there will be points when I'm like, I'm gonna let you guys have some input but uh since you guys don't know anything about what's going on in the lost metal then i don't know that there would have been an opportunity for an informed uh decision there. right yeah well i'm not i'm not saying you should have included us i'm just letting them know that we were you know this wasn't discussed we're finding out on podcast that, that this is the decision that you've made so yeah uh, it live. joe has his copy he bought a signed copy at the that's con. true I did. So he's ready to go. Jamie and Dak, I have ordered you a copy. The an issue being that it actually releases a week later in Australia than it did here. Does so it really? Yeah. I don't uh-huh. know when you guys will get your copy, but the trap there's preview chapters. The first 19 <laughs> chapters are posted on Tor's website. So that will keep us going for a while. But if you don't get your copy right away. So, yes, there uh, we will for next time. Let me bring up I. I charted this out today. I put out, the, I, I brought up my spreadsheet, put out the chapters, yeah. the links of everything. Let me bring it up real quick. For listeners, a lot of you, this will be your first time reading it, possibly, unless you you're like Data and you just gobbled it up already. Which, um, I'm gonna assume most of them did. I mean, maybe it hasn't even been out a full week yet, though. So that's well. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be. That's true. That's true. It'll have been a, a couple weeks by the time this episode come as it comes out. But yeah, it'll. It, it for us in our time it, it hasn't even been out a full week so yeah if you are going to read along seven. with us send us your predictions too yeah. yeah absolutely let's get some some participation that'd be that'd be great for next time 
We are reading the prologue to Lost Metal and chapters one, two, and three. So four chapters total, prologue, three in the first three numbered chapters. I will make sure you guys get links so that uh, Jamie and Dax, so that you can read from the free. Sweet. Oh, that's what I oh. forgot. The only thing, as far as I can tell, that's missing from real book versus preview chapters is there's some maps that are very interesting that I think Dak and I will at least uh, be interested in. That uh, So we'll have uh, to wait until you guys get the actual book before you see the maps. Also, I will say one other thing. Uh, let me bring it up first. At the beginning of each set of chapters, they're, they're in different little links, and I may have to give you at least two. But at the beginning of each one is, like, the summary for the whole book. Like, I guess the kind of blurb you get on the back of the book, although it really seems a little more specific to me than that. I want you guys to skip that so you're not, like, spoiled on anything that's coming up in that book from that blurb. So you'll just have to scroll past that to the part where the actual because it's got like the chapter number and the the images that are always at the head of heading of each chapter. So it shouldn't be hard to spot what you're looking for here. OK, so, yeah, here let me while I'm thinking about it, here are the links. This one is the prologue and chapters one and two. Where's my there it is. And then the next one is whoops, I hit part three instead of part two. There it is. The next one is chapters three and four. So since we're only reading up to chapter three, you'll only read half of this next link. Okay, so yes. For for anyone else who doesn't have the book yet, you can absolutely go to Tor.com. Just Google The Lost Metal and Tor or something, T-O-R, and it pops right up. You can find the preview chapters if you have not already read those. So that's where we're going for next time. Very excited to, to get into this. Uh, it, this is going to be one of those things where it's like, I've just read this. This will be the first time that I'm reading something so closely for the first time to when you guys are reading it for the first time. So it may be a different sort of experience for us. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I like it. And then after that, assuming that uh, nothing happens in the interim that I'm like, oh, we absolutely have to read that next. Then we after the Lost Metal, we will finally be moving into Warbreaker unless, like I said, something happens, such as if we actually get those graphic novels that we've been waiting on. That may be what we read next instead. So stay um, tuned on that, I guess. Well, like how many how many chapters is Lost Metal? How many episodes does that take? Uh, the Lost Metal is uh, seventy four chapters, and then obviously the prologue. It has wow. seven. It has seven epilogues. What the fuck? I know that's right. a lot of epilogues. But so this, this book is significantly longer. Well, this book has a tendency, as I've discovered when mapping it out, towards shorter chapters. Like, oh. for instance, like we're reading essentially four chapters for the first episode for the second episode, we will be reading seven chapters. Whoa. Hmm. So yeah, there's, there's a lot more chapters, but a lot of them are quite short. And so it comes out to 14 episodes. So only two episodes longer than bands of morning. Okay. Okay. Uh, although in bands of like, okay, so I have a maximum limit upper limit for the amount of text we'll read for an episode. Generally speaking at a, at, I call I call it about 750 Kindle locations. It can be depending on how the chapters break up. We're sometimes down around 300 and sometimes right up against that limit in bands of morning. For instance, we were in the 500s most of the time, like 500 ish. Sometimes the, the last couple episodes, we only did less than 400 locations for the lost metal because there's so many chapters that are so small. I've got, I can cut it closer to the maximum most of the time. So it's in the 600s a lot and into the 700s a couple of times. So it's the same. It's just slightly more episodes, but we read kind of more text on average in each episode than we have in the last couple books. So that'll have an effect also. Okay. But so 14 episodes, 14 weeks. Let's yep. assume we take a bit of time off for Christmas. When are these Kickstarter books coming out as well? Because they, like if one of them drops not long after. Yeah. It's true. First one so, comes out for in January. Yeah. In January, and then they're uh, every quarter after that. So yeah. yeah, the first book will definitely have come out. Probably, uh, I mean, definitely probably. The first book will have come out before we're done with the Lost Metal. If it's sched, if it's on schedule, they seem to think maybe it it'd be a little, might be a little bit behind schedule, like maybe closer to the middle or end of January than the beginning, because they're like, you know, we can't. The books are the only things they're waiting on, and there's stuff in that realm that they can't control. Yeah, but yeah. 
assuming that it comes out on schedule, it will come out before this. And that's before we're done with this. And that's why that, that's one of the reasons I was like, I mean, you know, if something else comes up and I decided to that's what I'm, in there, yeah, that's what made me think of it. Yeah. So we we shall see is is uh, the the final on that. So, yeah, if anyone uh, we don't we don't have any, like I said, any new non lost metal related emails. So if anyone wants to send us an email, the address is the Sanderlance at Gmail dot com. Find us on Instagram and Patreon. We post a lot of Instagrams from uh, from the con, actually. So if you didn't see those, go out and check out. There's a few cool pictures. Facebook, Twitter, all those sorts of places on the Internet. Music by Miracle of Sound. The uh, the song for this one, which I didn't say last time because I hadn't picked it yet when we finished recording the last episode. The song for the song that I have chosen for Perfect State is called Machine Hearts by Miracle of Sound. It is based on the game Near Automata, which I did not play. So I haven't played that either. I hope you guys are uh, enjoy that one. I uh, I like it a lot, and I <laughs> I thought it was a fun uh, a fun match for the end of this book or this novella. So thanks everyone, and uh, remember the first. Four chapters, prologue and chapters one through three of The Lost Metal for next time. I uh, hope you guys are going to enjoy this trip into crazy Cosmere stuff as much as I think I will. So thank you all and wasing to the time of next. Colo? 